Hello, this is Yusra from newsroundy.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 11th of October. India reported 18,132 new COVID-19 cases on Monday, taking the total tally of infections in the country to 3.40 crore since the outbreak of the pandemic in January last year. The death toll rose by 193 deaths in the past 24 hours, taking the total official count of fatalities to 4.51 lakh. India has administered more than 95 crore COVID-19 vaccine doses since the beginning of the country's inoculation drive in January 2021. The latest COVID-19 recovery rate in the country is at 98%, the highest since March 2020. According to a PTI report, Union Health Minister Mansukh Mandviya commented on the COVID-19 situation in India, calling it under control, but also cautioned people to not let their guard down. The Zykov D vaccine is going to be introduced in India's COVID vaccination program by October 20th, reported Times of India. Zykov D is the first vaccine to be approved for use for children in the age group of 12 to 17 in the country. It will be made available to the private sector hospitals across the country and the center's supply principle in the ratio of 75 is to 25 for public and private vaccination respectively will remain applicable for this vaccine as well. According to an AFP report, the COVID-19 lockdown has been lifted from Australia's largest city Sydney on Monday after nearly 4 months, while Singapore is all set to expand its quarantine-free travel to more countries as it prepares for a new normal under COVID-19, reported Reuters. Globally, the coronavirus has infected over 23.78 crore people and caused over 48.51 lakh deaths since the pandemic broke out in December 2019, according to Johns Hopkins University. The state of Maharashtra is holding a statewide bunt today in support of the farmer protests against the Lakhimpur Kheri violence, reported the Indian Express. The violence that broke out in Lakhimpur Kheri on October 3 resulted in the death of 8 people, including 4 farmers. Farmer bodies have alleged that the four farmers were killed by a vehicle belonging to Union Minister Ajay Mishra's son, Ashish Mishra, that ran over the protesters. The Maharashtra government comprising an alliance of the Shiv Sena, Nationalist Congress Party, and the Congress had announced the demonstration in solidarity with the farmers last week. The state cabinet had passed a resolution expressing grief for the deaths in Lakhimpur Kheri on Wednesday, observing silence for 2 minutes to mourn the loss of lives. After the session, State Irrigation Minister Jayant Patil had appealed to people to participate in the band on Monday. Congress Unit Chief of Maharashtra, Nana Patol, will hold a sit-in demonstration today at the Raj Bhavan in Mumbai. Hindustan Times reported that three companies of the Maharashtra State Reserve Police Force, 500 home guards and 700 personnel from the local arms units were assigned duty as security measures were increased in Mumbai due to the band. Shiv Sena workers blocked a road in Mumbai's Chembur area on Monday morning and another one on the Pune-Bengaluru National Highway in Kolhapur and the police detained the supporters. According to a spokesperson of the Brahman Mumbai Electricity Supply and Transport Bus Network, at least 8 buses have been vandalized in Mumbai since Sunday night. Meanwhile, Traders Union, Federation of Retail Traders Welfare Association, that had earlier decided not to support the band, changed their decision after requests from the Shiv Sena and other party leaders and have decided to keep their shops closed till 4 p.m., reported NDTV. Farmer leaders have called for a rail roko demonstration on October 18th to continue the protest against the Lakhimpur Kheri violence, while protesting farmers will also hold a huge Mahapanchayat in Lucknow on October 26th. 
We at News Laundry have been closely following the Lakhimpur Kheri violence with reporters Nidhi Suresh and Shivangi Saxena reporting from the ground. They have spoken to the families of those killed and their reports help sift through the disinformation that is at large in the public discourse. So please consider subscribing to us so that we can continue to bring to you the real picture. As you know, since the new RBI guideline on recurring or auto payments came into effect on September 30th, many recurring news laundry subscriptions were cancelled, resulting in an almost 40% dip in our weekly revenue in the first week of October. So if you're already a subscriber, please head over to our website to renew your subscriptions. And if you're not a subscriber, then become one. Pay to keep news free. The 13th round of military talks between India and China on Sunday to resolve the standoff in eastern Ladakh failed to reach any breakthrough, ANI reported. The two nations have been locked in a border standoff since the clash of their troops in June 2020 in Galwan Valley in eastern Ladakh. According to the official figures, during the confrontation, India suffered 20 casualties while China put the number of soldiers dead on its side at 4. Since then, several rounds of talks have been taken place resulting in India and China disengaging from the Pangong to Seoul Lake in eastern Ladakh in February and disengaging from Gogra after the commander level talks on July 31st. According to the ANI report, the Indian army claimed that during the Sunday talks, India had made constructive suggestions to resolve the tensions, but the Chinese side was not agreeable. Meanwhile, China claims that India continues to insist on its unreasonable and unrealistic demands, making the negotiations more difficult. However, both countries have agreed to continue communication and maintain stability on the ground. 13 units at seven thermal plants that supply coal to a state-run power utility company have been shut down in the state of Maharashtra due to a shortage of coal, Times of India reported. According to the Indian Express, the state witnessed a reported shortage of 3300 megawatts as a result. The non-functional power generation units include Chandrapur, Nashik and Bhusawal. Vijay Singhal, managing director of the Maharashtra State Electricity Distribution Company Limited, said that the power crisis is a country-wide problem, but the firm was trying to tackle it without power cuts. The state's energy department is exploring alternate sources of power such as hydroelectricity and has also urged residents to use electricity judiciously between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. and 10 p.m., which are the peak hours of usage. Coal is the source of about 70% of India's electricity. The recent shortages of the fuel has left many states with the supply enough to generate power only for a few days. Whereas, in a normal situation, states ideally have a stock for 15 to 30 days. Delhi Power Minister Satyendra Jain said on Monday that many plants of the city are facing a shortage and stocks are left for about three days, ANI reported. Delhi Deputy Chief Minister Manish Sisodia used the analogy of the oxygen crisis during the second wave of the COVID-19 pandemic, accusing the central government on Sunday of refusing to recognize the impending power crisis in India. His comments came in response to Union Power Minister R.K. Singh's claim that there was no coal shortage and sufficient power was available in the country. In a gunfight with suspected militants, five soldiers of the Indian Army were killed during an operation in Jammu and Kashmir's Poonch district on Monday morning. The gunfight began during a cordon and search operation in Dhera ki Gali area of the district, Scroll reported. An official army statement released in the afternoon today said that the gun battle was still underway in the Poonch district 
It also stated that the critically injured soldiers were evacuated to the nearest medical facility, but they succumbed to their injuries. Citing an official, the Greater Kashmir reported that the gunfight took place in an area close to the Rajouri Poonch border. Additional army and police troops have been deployed in the area. More details on this incident are awaited. The first direct talks between the Taliban and the US since the Taliban took over Afghanistan in August was conducted in Qatar's capital Doha on Sunday, The Guardian reported. The Taliban spokesperson stated that the United States has agreed to provide humanitarian aid to a poor Afghanistan on the brink of an economic disaster, but continues to refuse to give political recognition to the new Taliban government. The State Department spokesman of the United States, Ned Price, called the discussion candid and professional, while reiterating that the talks were in no way a preamble to the recognition of the Taliban and that the Taliban would be judged on their actions rather than their words. According to Price, the U.S. delegation focused on security and terrorism concerns and safe passage for U.S. citizens, other foreign nationals and Afghan partners, as well as on human rights, including the meaningful participation of women and girls in all aspects of Afghan society. The Taliban assured the U.S. during the talks that it was committed to making sure that Afghanistan was not used by extremists to launch attacks against other countries. The talks took place as the U.S. and Britain warned its citizens in Afghanistan on Sunday night to stay away from hotels in the capital, Kabul, particularly the well-known Serena Hotel. Citing security threats in the area, the UK Foreign Office updated its advice to not travel to Afghanistan by adding, and I quote, In light of the increased risks, you are advised not to stay in hotels, particularly in Kabul, such as the Serena Hotel, unquote. The Serena was one of the most popular hotels for foreign visitors in Kabul before the city fell to the Taliban eight weeks ago. That's all the news we have for you today. Keep safe from the din of disinformation and come back for your daily dose tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.